0: Jane Brown.
1: Libby returns on Thursday. If you've been receiving the Canada Emergency Response Benefit over the course of the pandemic, you will likely have learned by now that it's taxable and that the government will be issuing a T4A slip for it. Will you have the money set aside to pay back the tax owed on CERB, which has been given out as a tax-free payment of $2,000 a month? This is just one of many concerns Canadians have had when it comes to managing money during the pandemic. So we thought we would turn to Alan Small, Senior Investment Advisor with Alan Small Financial Group, Hollis Wealth, for some answers. Alan, hi. Hi,
2: How are you?
1: Very well. How are you? Have you been well? You've been staying safe?
2: Yes, everything's been, everybody's great. My kids are great. Family's great. Uh, Happy things are starting to open back up a little bit. So, excited to uh, get get back to uh, some sense of normalcy.
1: Well and that's the most important thing isn't it when your loved ones are well and you're well I mean that just means that everybody is practicing uh, the guidelines around this and trying to stay as safe as they can.
2: That's right for sure.
1: Let's talk about the CERB and paying taxes on it.
2: Well the CERB as you've said it is taxable I think um, some individuals, at least at the beginning uh, when they first started to receive it, I don't think they knew this. You know, unlike most people, when you get, you know, your paycheck, you get taxes taken off right up front. With the SERB, you get the full amount of two thousand or five hundred per week, two thousand per month, and then at the end of the year, you're going to have to settle up with the with the government. And I know there have been uh, some slight changes regarding taxation, I believe, federally. Anything less than forty-eight dollars if I'm not mistaken, you're looking at paying back about 15%. So if you're getting the full $8,000, you're looking at about $1,200 uh, taxes that would have to be paid back. Uh, and then, of course, you have, depending on where you live across the country, what province you live, there are provincial uh, taxes as well here in Ontario. I believe uh, roughly another, just over $400 will be paid, so about 1600 of that eight thousand, if you're receiving the full amount, I think Quebec is probably the highest province, I believe, and they're looking at paying an extra twelve hundred on top of the twelve hundred they will have to pay from a federal standpoint. So they're paying a little bit more than we are here in Ontario. So overall, there's definitely some management of, uh, I guess, the money that you're receiving. Some, I guess, some management is necessary. Some budgeting to make sure that you have. The funds to be able to pay it back. If you are receiving uh, the uh, the full amount, and of course, keep in mind for for some individuals, if this is the only money that you will be re- receiving, obviously the, uh, you're for every individual, you're tax exempt up to roughly twelve thirteen thousand. So, if the eight thousand is everything that you receive, right, then you actually will be fully exempt and won't have to pay any tax. So, just depends. Everyone's situation is different.
1: Is that why, Alan, that the government did not take tax off Serb to begin with? Be- because so. everyone's different?
0: So. Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. And I think it makes sense for everybody to settle out come April. And we don't know, or I should say the government doesn't know everybody's tax situation. And of course, they wanted to get the money out as quickly as possible. And that's why over the past few months now, we've been hearing about a number of cases that have popped up where individuals have been getting CERB or other, uh, um, I guess, government programs and receiving the money, and perhaps they should not have received the money. And so there has been, uh, I think, a lot of talk about these individuals giving back their CERB or paying back some of these uh, the monies that they've been receiving that they shouldn't have. So a lot has been going on over the past, oh, let's call it the last couple of months.
1: Right, and that will all uh, figure its way out, I guess, in the new year, right, as all of the income tax slips are sent out to everybody by the end of
2: February. Yes, and I think the government has done a lot recently to tell people, listen, if you're getting money and you shouldn't be, you know, at at some point we will be, you know, coming after that money and uh, there could be be some, some fines to pay and other other ramifications that the government might uh, might go through with so they're really trying to get people uh that don't need the money to to pay back the money that they received either an error uh or just people no longer qualified anyway and they're still receiving the money so there could be a lot of scenarios that have played out but the bottom line is if you don't need the money please give it back because uh, someone else may need the money and as we know, the government is doesn't have a lot of money right now. They have a high debt levels and they are running a pretty large deficit as we speak.
1: Now, there is some money that was given out. I'm thinking of um, the $300 for seniors and for those who get the GIS, an additional $200. That was a lump sum tax-free amount, correct?
2: That's correct. That was a lump sum amount that was sent out. Also, I believe there was, uh, yeah, there, there was, uh, individuals that were getting, uh, you know, OAS, uh, they received this one-time lump sum. Uh, obviously, husband and wife, and they would get six hundred. And I know that went out not too long ago. Actually, I know they talked about sending out the money a while ago. But uh, and again, going from my parents, for example, they just received uh, the funding, uh, the three hundred. I think that went out to everybody and then those that were able to get a little bit extra, depending on their income levels.
1: And there's also, it's it will be passed in the House of Commons this week as part of the new federal aid measures, but $600 for people with disabilities, same thing. It's t- it's a tax-free amount that you would qualify for.
2: Yes, and, it, and it, it's an interesting point that, that you bring up kind of indirectly in that, you know, they talked about recently, we saw the, the The numbers that we were given from the from the government how much debt how much the deficit is and I have to believe that number is going to go up because there are a lot of things obviously that won't be accounted for that will need to be uh, added into the big number Uh, I guess you know by the end of the year obviously they're talking about other things such as the wage subsidy being included now or, or that program going out until the end of 2020 so I think the deficit. I think that the debt level for the country will just grow, even from the numbers they're talking about. So, pretty scary. I know a lot of individual investors have talked to me about this. You know, who's going to be paying for all this? Where is the government getting the money from? And uh, it's interesting. I, I think, uh, unfortunately, I think individuals, uh, perhaps for for a few generations, might be paying off this debt, and uh, that's the unfortunate part. But obviously you know people needed to have this money to get by yes. during this difficult time there was just no other way around it
1: well interestingly the the picture you paint of the federal government's finances is reflected for individuals who are now having to go into their investments line of credits even taking money off their credit card it it's a real desperate time for a lot of people
2: and it is unfortunately and um you know, it's it, I I cringe a little bit because when the CERB stops, I you know, I don't know if they're going to extend it, uh, but when it stops, whether it's the end of the summer or whatnot, um, there's going to be a lot of individuals that still do not have a job, mm-hmm. that they're not able to get back to work. I think estimates I've seen 2 million individuals uh, still may not have a job by the end of this year, and uh, still uh, many individuals, even by the end of, 2021 so i think that you know what is the government going to do with these folks you know these people it's not their fault they had a job they were making money they were able to put their food on the table for their families and now they're they're going to be scrambling and uh, the amount of anxiety and 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 stress uh that these people may have it's going to be tough and uh and that's why since day one, I've always said, you know, whether speaking on radio, TV, et cetera, you know, it's not so much physical health versus economic health, et cetera. I think a lot of people uh, talk to a lot about, well, we need to do this now because, you know, we needed to, to uh, shut down everything. And I've always said it's the whole package, you know, the economic health and the physical health and the mental health, it's all one and the same. And one leads to the other if your economic health is in jeopardy that will be stressful, et cetera, mm-hmm. which will lead to deterioration in your physical health. So I think it's all one big thing, and we had to shut down. That was necessary. Now we're opening up, which I think also has been necessary, to get the economy back up and running because, you know, we just don't have the funds, the federal government, government in general. There's just not enough money out there to be able to continue with the shutdowns. Um, and so the hope is that the economy can continue to move forward and in a safe way and people can still stay safe. And if we can do that, that would be the best recipe for success.
1: If you have questions around money or investments, we have Alan Small free of charge until 1 o'clock, and you can grab a line to ask him a question. 416-360-0740, 416-360-0740, or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's talk about that scenario when CERB ends and people have still lost their jobs, still don't have jobs. Is it time to start withdrawing money from investments, line of credit, even a credit card? What would you advise, Alan?
2: Well, hopefully, for it's not many people that will have to do that, but it sounds like it might be. And uh, obviously, drawing from one's investments is probably the first place people go to, whether it be their tax-free savings accounts, which many individuals have used as an investment vehicle, but also as a bit of a slush fund. And I think that's where you kind of start any monies that are outside of a registered plan, a RIF, an RSP, et cetera. um, That's probably where you would start. Although drawing money from your uh, uh, registered plan, because you're not working, obviously not paying a lot of tax. When you pull it out, the amount of taxes you'll uh, you'll be hit with or have to pay on the money withdrawn will be less. So, You can still use your registered plans if you have to. But overall, I think that for many, what they'll probably start with is starting to withdraw money from a flush fund that they may have, a bank account or a tax-free savings account. And um, hopefully they can manage that. And I think that's where the advice of an investment advisor comes in, depending on each individual situation. You know, how – what are they doing? Do they have a job? They're just – laid off temporarily? Are they planning to go back? They, has, their, has their company completely shut down? Are they trying to, you know, move to another industry? Everybody is, is going to be in a different scenario. So I think it really just depends on each individual person where they look to tap into first, whether it is, I, I hate to use the credit card just because the interest rates are so high.
1: Oh, in some, some cases, have, uh, 26, 28%, right?
2: Exactly. You know, whether or not they have access to a, a secured line of credit, perhaps that rate, uh, you know, uh, could be used. Usually they're obviously much less, maybe today's with interest rates as low as they are, maybe, you know, two and a half percent or something like that. So there are places to go, but definitely you want to set up a, I guess, uh, uh, you know, kind of a, I guess a list of where to go first, what to use first. And I think the help of an individual uh, investment advisor can, can, can help those out there with that, uh, that decision-making.
1: We have Alan Small with us, Senior Investment Advisor with Alan Small Financial Group, Hollis Wealth, to talk about money issues during COVID-19. Alan, the financial market has come back a lot. It's co- almost come back all the way since the plunge of late February and March. Have you been surprised how quickly it's recovered?
2: Uh, You know, and that's a great question, and I think many people uh, have been surprised. Uh, I was always of the mindset that what goes down quickly probably can come back up quickly and and vice versa sometimes. So, no, I I guess I was not surprised to see the rebound. Uh, I was actually surprised to, to hear many people talking about how it would take years to make back what was lost in really maybe three or four weeks. And I always said that to me, you know, I, I did not, I, I never really put a time frame on it, saying it will be back in two months or three months. I, I never do that. But it wasn't surprising to me that the markets had more of a what we call a V-shaped recovery. So a, a very hard slope down, followed by a just as quick slope up, kind of making the letter V. Some people talked about more of a U shape, so more rounded at the bottom, or a W down, up, down, up. You know, depending on which shape you're looking at, but overall for me, I, I look at it as the economy was in fantastic shape going into, uh, uh, this, this situation, COVID virus, et cetera. And it was firing on, on, on a lot of cylinders and coming out of it, I'm hopeful and I think government is hopeful. And I think we're all hopeful that we can get back to where we were. So not surprised, but. I think many people have been caught off guard because, you know, like we said, there's still a lot of jobs uh, lost out there. There's still a lot of negatives out there. And, you know, individuals are just surpri- uh, surprised just to, to see, you know, what you know everyday life looks like and to see the stock market. Uh, as high as it is. So I think that is the confusing part for many.
1: Yeah, please comment on that. Uh, the, the the markets are doing really well, despite the fact that we still have this global pandemic. Is it all based on hope that it will be resolved quickly?
2: I think a lot of it is based on hope. I think the market, keeping in mind, it looks forward, uh, You know, sometimes six to 12 months. In this case, I think the market has been looking forward maybe a few months at a time. So I think hope, this idea about all these vaccines that I think well over 100 now that are uh, you know, being in different trials, different stages, some of them are already being tested on uh, in human trials on humans, which is fantastic. Some are already entering the final phase uh, at the end of this month for testing you know thousands of individuals. So I think a lot of it is based on hope, but there still is a lot of what we're seeing with the markets has been based on Central banks, Bank of Canada, Federal Reserve in the U.S., European Central Bank. These institutions have pumped in trillions and trillions of dollars into their economies, and that has really helped backstop the, the the stock market in general. And when individuals look at the gap between what's happening, you know, on Main Street versus what's happening on Bay or Wall Street, the difference that makeup is really central bank activity and the fact that the central banks have reacted, they've cut interest rates to basically zero, they've pumped lots of money into the economy, they are just saying that they're not going to let this economy fail. They're not going to let things go down, not on their watch. And so they've basically put in a floor to to the markets, to the economy, and they're ready to act if necessary. And I think that has been the difference. That has been the force to gap uh, between... You know, what we see, the job losses, and what we're seeing on the other side, which is a much higher stock market. The difference between the two has been liquidity, which has been provided by central banks.
1: Alan, we just have three minutes left. Uh, There are. A lot of us who did not lose our jobs, who continued to be paid, who have not gone on vacations, who for a long time did not go out for restaurant meals and ended up, ironically, having a bit of a slush fund as a result and having a bit of a pandemic savings, so to speak. What is the safest way, the best way to invest this extra bit of money that some of us may have accumulated?
2: Yeah, that's interesting. We're seeing a lot of those types of individuals. I talked to many saying, you know what, I actually have more money in my pocket now than than three months ago, which is which is very ironic. So for those types of people, it really comes down to their risk tolerance, their investment time horizon, what they're comfortable investing in. But for many people that I've talked to, buying simple income-generating investments, whether it's dividend income or other types of income, that is seemed to be that that seems to be the place people want to go to whether it's owning a very simple investment in a bank, a Canadian bank, shares of TD Bank, for example, something like that, something that's going to pay you something, an income, while you wait for all this stuff to sort itself out. It seems to be the investment of choice for many, but keep in mind, these investments are volatile, can be volatile, so not for the faint of heart at times, and you just want to make sure whatever investment you choose, it's the right risk level for you, but there are a lot of things that, are, that have been cheap, and are still cheap, and that uh, investors are, are, are moving towards. And I think if you have some money to invest right now, it's a pretty good time to do so.
1: And if you're lucky enough to being able to forecast uh, a retirement or a scaling back of your professional life, um, would it be less risk that you're looking at, say you're five years out from thinking you might be retiring? The older you get, the less risk obviously in your portfolio.
2: That's right. And that's the rule of thumb. As you get closer to retirement, uh, or as you, uh, as you get, uh, start to get up there in terms of age, people in general tend to take the, the less volatile route. But again, everybody is different. I know some individuals that are a little behind in their retirement uh, savings. And so they need to actually maybe at times be a little more aggressive to try and meet their target. So it just really depends on where you are on that spectrum. Are you ahead? Are you behind? Or are you right on track to meet your retirement needs for, for that day when you decide to, to, to retire from your job?
1: As always, we appreciate your investment advice. Thank you for your time, Alan. Best way to get a hold of you?
2: Uh, best way to get a hold of me is uh, give us a call. You can call uh, the office, 416-332-3863. And we'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have.
1: 416-332. What was the last part? 3863.
2: Right. And then alansmall.ca, yes? alansmall.com is my website. Okay. And uh, you can reach me at alan at alansmall.com as well. This is my email.
1: All right. All the best to you. Stay safe.
2: Thank you. You too.
1: You've been listening to Zoomer Radio's Fight Back, Jane for Libby. We will talk again tomorrow. Have a great day.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one.